It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. We have huge news. Team Social Christmasing is officially coming at you on December 12th at the famously cold showdown, Brandon. Yes. Yes. Are are you ready? Uh, I I will be ready, I I think. Yeah, I got to... We got what, what, eight weeks, six weeks? I've got to to knock the dust off, not the rust off for sure. But Uh uh, but I'm excited. I always like having something to train for, for sure. Dude, I post... I love local comp or or some friends of ours. They hosted the Fitness Physio, which is another thing we got to throw out there, too. That's right. Um, They hosted Force and did a great job. They're a platform that does a lot of registration scoring they're awesome but the one cool thing they do is once you register and you enter your Instagram handle or whatever has it they go and find like a picture of you training and they post like registered or something like that yeah. so you can share it on your social media and man I shared it and said something about trying to knock the you know knock the rust off or, or dusting off the shoes and uh, and oh my gosh the feedback from like friends and, and people former competitors across the yeah. world that we're all it, it's going to be fun it is going to be good it is now, now I'm like oh crap I got to train a little bit harder yeah absolutely yeah, expectations Everybody knows now, dude. And they're gonna yep. probably there. It's one of those things. that's like don't expect too much. We're just hoping to show <laughs> right, up and not be hurt. <laughs> so yeah, so fitness physio. I mean, we also got to throw yeah, it out too. Man. So got to we got to start planning for twenty twenty one. This is what I think we should do. I got I got an idea. I know we've talked about it briefly about what we think the first two workouts are going to be like. What type? I yeah, think yeah. we should do a sneak peek on the Patreon. Ooh, I we'll, like we'll it. Sneak peek, we can you know, do that. Yeah, you people yeah. an idea what about how we for. train for it and yeah. the, and, ma- and strategies for it. Yeah. Give, yeah, yeah, a little pa- coaching stuff. That's right. Patreon.com sure. slash Better Faster Cases. So speaking yeah. of, this episode was was prompted from one of our, our listeners, and it's been really really cool. Um, you know, it's almost like created a little bit of like a message board right, on that right, site. Right. Um, but this one came from our buddy Tom, um, and he he says he thanked us for the content, and then he asked. Well, he said one area where he feels like he could use some guidance is with agility slash plyometric progress. Uh, he said he feels confident in the beginning and the middle stages, but after that, things get a little cluttered in regards to volume, rest times, uh, advanced progressions, et right. cetera. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good topic. Like all yeah, episodes so we've done, we haven't really talked much about plyometrics. much in it. Yeah, and it's such a huge need, right? And I think that's honestly where you have to start with this whole thing is you have to form a needs analysis for what the person is going to have to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So what is the end goal? What is the end result? What is the end sport? What activity? How much force? 
force is this person going to have to be able to basically absorb and then transmit uh, and and those the tissue that particularly maybe that you're rehabbing mm-hmm. you know what does, what is it going to have to handle what are the demands of their their activity and I think so you have to have kind of like well where do I want to get to and then also well where are we and then figuring out first you know without going into too much detail or, you know there's so many different scenarios but or, you know when are they appropriate to start so sure. you kind of figure out they're appropriate to start something like this and then you have an idea of where they need to get to and then it's like well what's an uh, appropriate possession or progression how's it built that's typically right. what i yep. start with absolutely and and i think that plyometrics is, is just like anything else right though the old saying principles are few methods are many right if you mm-hmm. have a strong foundation these principles i think it's the opposite way Principles. principles. You're, no, principles you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I was thinking myself. Yeah, I was like, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah. I thought there weren't that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. I got so, you. My bad. My no, bad. All good. All good. All good. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. I think that um, if you have a strong foundation of the principles, it, right. it you don't need to overcomplicate it. I think honestly, in this in this world where people are. are Posting cool stuff on Instagram, we, we do it too, right? You know, yeah, we do. We do. change it's a fun, on something. Fun little video. Yeah, make it, it, it does look good for Instagram, but oftentimes, I mean, the most athletes, most people that you see, they don't really need all that stuff. So, I think what might be good for us to start with to kind of break this down a little bit is just maybe by talking about like some general principles about yeah, yeah, what, yeah. We, what we look for whenever we program plyos, and then yeah. maybe we can get into some examples um, and sort of go from there. Yeah. So, uh, programming wise, you know, I, I know typically whenever I'm, I'm I am programming plyos uh, for my patients. Um, we, we're measuring this in touches, right? right. And so um, touches meaning how many times the foot or feet hit the ground. And, you know, it could be something where you start with very, very few and, and you ramp up accordingly. Um, it could range from anywhere from you know 30 to 75 to 150 touches, right? Um, you know, that's, again, it's going to depend on the person in front of you. It always depends on that. And there's typically some things you're going to have to do to build confidence before you build that volume up. And you're always always assessing, always looking at movement quality, things like that too. Um, you know, and let me know if you have anything to do with this. You know, typically, um, what, typically as far as rest breaks go, um, you're going to rest somewhere between three and five times the duration of the set that yep. you did so it's good to time these things to be specific um, in between workouts and days that you did plyometrics they're going they might need a little rest they might need 48 to 72 hours especially if it's an early post-op thing too but but i think that also one thing we need to say is that for the most part uh plyometrics are not conditioning right and we're talking about right. you know crossfit's 100%. different right? crossfit's yeah. different and even you, then i would i would say that those contractions i wouldn't they're plyometric in nature but they're not for developing the most sure. force in those patterns when they're using something sure. like CrossFit, but but I think that's a mistake. I think a lot of people do program them like they're conditioning for sure, and and that can be a problem because yeah. you know generally um, when I have a patient that comes in, I you know I'm going to get them. I'm going to do these when they're fresh, right? We're still going to you know do a general warm up, a dynamic warm up, something specific, and then we're usually going to get into plyometrics early in the session, mm-hmm. and unless unless we intentionally want them to fatigue state, maybe we can talk about yeah, scenarios yeah. later on with that too. But you know I think that's you know just general concepts. I think that's some pretty basic stuff that everybody can use yeah for sure and i think uh, a big thing that that might help drive that concept home is uh looking at things on kind of the strength speed continuum right Mm -hmm. and so if we think of where do plyometrics sit on that so uh and when if you are unaware of what i'm talking about there uh, there's kind of this continuum of contractions that where we can you can use to kind of categorize things and there's absolute strength strength speed speed strength and absolute speed Um, and for me plyometrics are more towards the end of the continuum with uh speed strength and absolute speed more towards that continuum right so Mm -hmm. that means those 
type of activities need to be done. Again, if we're talking about maximal expression in the in those activities prior to strength, speed, and absolute strength work. So, like Brandon was mentioning, like you were saying, um, is hitting those things prior to a lot of other things that are going to add fatigue. Right? That, I think that's extremely important uh, to to get the most out of that pattern. It's going to be uh, you don't want to necessarily be fatigued going in from a ner- you know nervous system perspective or fatiguing that you know that particular tissue too much before it, um, unless the the sport or the activity the demand that they're going to need will dictate that. So so initially I'm kind of the same way. It is warm up and I'm hitting those early on. The only thing that would come maybe before those might be some some sprint type efforts um, in ter- in terms of if we we're doing you know maybe this is a football player working back into things. I'm starting to work some sprints in terms of some starts. You know something uh, you know out of the three point stance. So there might be some straight line absolute speed type things prior to this but otherwise it's early in the session there mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I completely agree with everything else you said I'm count, you know initially touches are big um, and rest times giving them rest times beforehand just like we're talking about sprinting right if mm-hmm. you're running maximal effort sprint sprints you're not necessarily going to uh, you know have them go you know 10 seconds 20 seconds later and have them do it again right mm-hmm. the goal too for this is also retraining the brain and, and having you know make sure that we're, we're, we're resting enough in between and each effort is very intentional and focused Focused. Uh, so uh, early in the session, a lot of rest times, adequate recovery between them. I think all of those are great points to track home. Yep, for sure. And and just to get specific, right? So we're still maybe you know starting with early to middle stages. You know, quick example: these things that would work for everybody. Josh talked about it, right? You got to ask yourself what's the terminal task, right? right. That's going to dictate how you you know how specific you're going to get as things progress. But you know, it could be as basic as you know start someone out with a box jump. Progress into a depth drop, a depth jump into a vertical jump. Really, really simple. Yeah. Most most people most people are going to need to do that before they move on to more you know fancy things. Before we start changing directions sure. and, and some other stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, the, the, just, and, and honestly, asking the terminal task that's like anybody that comes in your door, right? Somebody comes in with shoulder pain. What's the terminal task? I want to get better to be able to snatch. So you're just going to take that. You're going to reverse engineer it. Um, so. You know, I, I think, you know, for CrossFit, that's going to be pretty easy. You know, that those movements, as far as plyometrics go, don't get too complex. Um, field sports, though, soccer, football, you know, the, the game they play up north with the sticks, uh, lacrosse. Yeah, that's going to take more skill, more thought, more planning, though. Right. right. No, I think, yeah, and I think CrossFit is such an interesting, uh, interesting concept here because, like you mentioned, there's definitely um, – a need to introduce these kind of plyometric concepts as somebody's getting back into some of these more dynamic movements within CrossFit. But within CrossFit, there's going to be a ton of things programmed like higher volumes of box jumps. And mm-hmm. and that is something you still want to prepare the person for. But just that's just used in a – when you see that, I, I don't want people to think that that is how it needs to be because that's the terminal task for mm-hmm. a lot of these CrossFitters, right. that that's how it needs to be programmed when you're getting them back into it. It's mm-hmm. not just – slow sub-maximal effort box jumps repeated over and over and just building volume of that and expecting the person to really be able to handle some of the more intense plyometric activities. Sure. Um, I think that that is, it, I, like you mentioned initially, it's like separating those two things out. Their terminal task does have that, but it's not really what they need to be able to do is we reintroduce it. Right. And so uh, I'm similar with you. It is that same progression um, basically increasing, you know, the, if people think about that progression they kind of plot it, it you're basically increasing the, the force and, and, and that is being absorbed essentially as that person. That person's gonna have to retransmit, like you mentioned, eventually getting into depth jumps, into jumps, mm-hmm. um, trying to turn it around. Um, 
and starting at something that's that's lower and progressing more volume or more intensity, just like you would anything else. Right. So it's it's making sure that they can tolerate one thing and then you move on to the next and then mm-hmm. the next and you just add different layers as For they sure. respond. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so then thinking about the second part of Tom's question about you know things get a little cluttered when we start getting towards the end mm-hmm. again goes back terminal task yep. for you as a therapist uh if, if you got a, a post-op athlete you're, you're probably going to do some hot testing right yep. i think we all agree we all like yeah. hot testing and and that seems to be ever expanding right you know you used to have the single jump triple jump zigzag time mm, yeah. yeah but now we're but now we're starting to see um you know medial hot for distance lateral hot for distance so and i think that's good right yeah. um you know jump in with 90 degree turns things like that too so you know if the test is going to require that then the the rehab and the training from the rehab should actually challenge those demands. So, yeah, for sure. And and I think you know one other thing to think about too is the fact that you're you're only going to be strong in the positions and the movements that you train, right? So that's where you start to think about scenarios for the individual in front of you. So generally, you're going to start with straight lines and then progress into direction changes and you know vary the challenges and intensities of that. Um, you know, every now and then, and I might be going off topic here a little bit. Um, I'm going to get my people in the positions that got them hurt in the first place, right? So we're talking ACLs, valgus yeah, knees. Working valgus into, knees. Yeah, loading right. into valgus right. is not the devil. Right. It's not the end right. of the world. You're only going to be strong in the position you yeah. train. Inevitably, mm-hmm. they're going to get in that position, and you don't want the first time to be when they get back on the field, right? Yeah. Now, if someone's movement competency sucks, I, I'm not playing into that, you know, but if i got a right, stud right, right. coming in, a good mover, I'm going to throw them into that, you know, because I, I don't, again, I don't want the first time for that to happen to you when they're actually playing. Um, but at the other end of the spectrum, like a 14-year-old baby giraffe, we're probably not going to spend as much right, time right, on that exactly. kind of stuff, too. Um, and then, you know, scenarios, there, there might come a time and a place where you might want to train people in a bit of a fatigue state. You might want to do something like some assault bike sprints followed by some type of skill work, some agility work, uh, with some ample recovery, of course, yeah. after that. Um, that's not for everyone. That's probably more so for the higher-level people. But I think when we're getting to that, we might be addressing more so the psychology more than anything else, too. Because, yeah. you know, by the time they get to that point, they're probably going to be transitioning back into their sport or with their strength coach or something yeah. like that as well. Well, I think you, you started to get into a whole topic that we could yeah. you know, spend another full hour on just talking mm-hmm. about the psychology of things and yep. working back into it. I mean, that largely is just as important as what they're demonstrating physically and whether they're ready mm-hmm. to return to play or not. So right. an underrated part of it is, you know, just because their their hop test looks good doesn't mean that the job's done, right. um, especially in terms of having these conversations with them and making sure that we've we've put them in positions that build their confidence leading mm-hmm. back in. And so I love what you mentioned about almost pre-fatiguing it in certain ways. It's still done safely. It's mm-hmm. basically increasing their heart rate a little bit or, or getting them sweaty or maybe getting them a little bit tired, but it's still done safely. It's still in the clinic, still controlled. Um, and then, you know, another part of it is as they actually get into more of the simulated activities is just controlling their volume of return mm-hmm. to, you know, or when they return to ensure that too, they, they aren't getting in those positions of too much fatigue too early right. on. So they have a chance to kind of, to, to build that back up. And I think mm-hmm. this stress is a whole different can of worms also of keeping them as fit as possible leading into these return to these kind of activities because otherwise you can, if you're never challenged them fitness wise in the, in the clinic and you're doing all these plyometric things in, in states where they're not fatigued at all and then you put them back in their sport and they get tired after five minutes of running around on the soccer field because they're out of shape and now you're at a higher risk of injury because you, they, they're now put into these positions while under fatigue and they're not ready for right. it. So I think it, un, another underlying theme of this is yes you're, you're preparing them for these demands that they're going to see but you never forget the fact that we got to try to keep them in shape mm-hmm. if we can too. for sure yeah those are those are those are really good points too i mean i yeah. think anything you do to simulate those demands is it's it's only going to be a plus it's only going to be a positive yeah, for, for sure. so many reasons um so yeah i mean i, I think that 
it's nice whenever you can get like a like a cookbook recipe and a template. Yeah, this one's tough. But to hey, that's what the Patreon's for. Yeah, right? exactly. Right? That's, yeah. What we do, that's what we do on the there Patreon. There right? Shameless right? plug. Right. Hey, shameless plug. Um, but I, you know, I think it's it just it just it just goes back to getting to know your, your patients mm-hmm. and creating a relationship, right? Which means yeah. that if you got an athlete, you probably want to talk to the coaches as well too. For sure. What type of drills do you do in the way? What do you expect from your athletes? Are we doing like our classic cone drills, like our pro agility drills, the, the dot drills you and I were talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Before the, those, those kinds of things are going to need to be implemented, right? Um, yeah, for sure. You want to expose them to that ahead of time. And again, I I don't think you could you can't go wrong just by going with the basics, right? So what we talked about earlier, box jumps into depth jump and the depth drop and vertical jumps, you can add all kinds of variables within that, right? You, you start with two legs, single leg, add ninety degree turns to it, you know, add pauses on the on the landing position, you know, add quick rebounding to it. You know, there's all kinds of you can play around with to, to again meet the needs of the individual person that's in front of you. Yeah, I think that that kind of could. You mentioned a couple things there that we're talking about. Well, what equipment would I need if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm treating this population? And I'm going to do it, and and it doesn't have to be anything fancy here, right? It's like mm-hmm. having boxes of various heights or something you can set up like plates to be able to do to that you can do things safely with. But I would recommend more of like a box that's meant to be jumped on and off. Um, mm-hmm. But cones obviously are going to be great for this. Uh, you know, I think that's that's an uh, important part of it. Low hurdles or different heights yep. of hurdles, um, and and this is another thing where having an agility ladder actually is helpful we can you know sit here and all talk about how the agility ladder is not actually helping from a sports performance standpoint and there are a lot of people that have very strong opinions on the agility ladder but when we're talking about being able to control and count touches and control change of direction and give them patterns in which they you know it's not reactive necessarily they know what they're doing um, which is another whole thing we haven't touched on yet is having them something doing something uh, you know that's kind of a planned uh, a planned pattern versus a reactive pattern Mm -hmm. when it comes to plyometrics um this it's a way to reintroduce it in more of a safe environment before mm-hmm. you're going to have them be more reactive mm-hmm. um so i think an agility ladder um they're they're cheap i think they can be a great way to to start to implement some of this stuff too um, i'm trying to think if there's any other equipment yeah. that i'm thinking people it's, might want to have it's, it's funny about the, the ladder man like yeah. you know that's become like polarizing on the internet. yeah so polarizing which is so that's funny that's to me people, be, people love to you can be a five that. six man or six five on the internet but like yeah. but the thing about it man is is the haters the agility ladder they'll, they'll put they'll put tape on the floor that looks like a ladder too Oh, just 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 because it's not a ladder. It's totally not a ladder. But uh, the yeah, so so uh, I think a ladder can be great or yep. something like you mentioned tape the floor yep. because then uh, again you know we haven't mentioned it until I kind of briefly just said something. You when you're implementing a lot of these different patterns and these different challenges, at first it's going to be more of something where the person has you know knows what they're doing and has a plan going on um, and, and they're ready for whatever's going to be happening mm-hmm. before it becomes more reactive. And I think that's important for a lot of sports to progress back into that to where you're you're uh, then having them react to some kind of stimulus or cue mm-hmm. before they're doing the pattern so having them you know being you know shuffling and changing directions when you point or having them jumping down off a box and you're pointing in a direction and they have to then the next jump be in that direction mm-hmm. and you're, you're just incorporating different elements that's going to, to, to challenge them in different ways and kind of bring the brain back yep. in a little bit so having them uh, jump in the air and even a push midair yeah exactly oh, I love that too taking away systems right yeah. so you know using the Airx, right if I, if I could mm-hmm. if I had a million bucks or unlimited spot to have a room that was just like Airx pads um, some people had strobes strobe glasses yeah. To it mm-hmm. as well too you know yeah. there's, there's, there's so many different ways you can go yep. now again those things are all cool and they're great but don't put the cart before the horse 
Right. Like start basic, get them yep. comfortable absorbing and then transmitting forth uh, and then progressing based on tolerance and then mm-hmm. also looking at what the inductivity is. Yep. Not everybody's going to need that, but sure. um, you know, your CrossFitter probably isn't going to have to do too much reactive type stuff. Right. right? It, it's more for them just making sure that they can handle the loads and the forces that mm-hmm. they're going to undertake and, and then they're probably going to be okay to progress. Mm-hmm. But your, your soccer athlete, your football athlete, people that are going to have to, you know, that, that have somebody playing defense or they're guarding somebody, yeah. those those individuals or, or basketball players going for a rebound, yeah. I think, they're not going to come down clean every time. I think basketball is the most fun yeah. to do stuff with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Somebody jumping up and you can like, I, I like holding the therapy ball and they're jumping and kind of like bumping into them while yeah. throwing the yeah. therapy ball and yeah. just trying, trying to push them <laughs> over. Um, but uh, that's, but honestly, that's recreating what they're going to do. And mm-hmm. that's uh, the most important part, I think, initially is look at the demands and then plot it out, write it out. What do you think should come before what? And yep. then, you know, see how they respond. Yep. And, and if you're, if you're looking for like samples of some of that fancy stuff, um, yeah. the guy, Bobby Sport, yeah, he, Bobby, Bobby Sport stuff. PT, is that his, is that his uh, I'm going to look it up. I, yeah. have, I think so. I think yeah. He, he is, uh, man, he's so good. Like he uses a, a lot of accommodating resistance, a lot of bands. He seems like he treats a lot of basketball players too, um, which is probably the, yeah, Bobby Sport PT, Bobby Sport PT. Yeah. Check him out. He's got some awesome stuff. Yeah. He's in Maryland. Yeah. I would love to go hang out with this dude. Yeah, I have yeah. no, we don't know it. I don't know. I don't know if you've yeah. messaged him. I've never messaged him, but I, I'm big fan. It looks like impact sport. Uh, PT is yeah. his uh, clinic. But. He's good, and then more, more of the basic stuff. Um, you know, you got your your, your guys that your ACL guys have been around a long time. Um, I think Donatelli is one of them. Yeah, um, he's Wesley Wayne puts out some stuff yeah. too. Charlie yeah. Weingroff's got a little yep. new uh, ACL thing coming out. I saw you tag me in that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah a lot uh, of good stuff. But again, I would I would just the fundamentals, right? Like you know, we talk about boxing. Ah, oh, it's just a box jump, but it does take some skill to ex- execute that movement properly and yeah. to you know land with good mechanics. You know, thinking about how you're going to coach that landing softly, looking for how much knee flexion they have on the landing. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of details within all those simple movements too yeah. that you need to you know be proficient with. That's, for sure, and also too, a total underrated aspect of this, in my opinion, is some of those very initial early on things that Brandon talked about, box jump, test jumps. That that stuff's important even for like your runners getting back into it, right? Yeah. So we know like r- like low extremity injury coming back and, and reintroducing run. Like the amount of forces that are, you know, going through that leg, going through the body with running, um, it is a lot. You know, it's yeah. it's it's something we have to think about. So introducing impact in some of those ways, like a lot of my runners, I'll bring the liner out. One, one because yeah. it's just fun, and two, I can control touches as we mentioned and slowly progress back into it. Yeah, and there there was a it's a 2008 study. Um, it's kind of, kind of old, but it's still a good study. And, yeah, yeah. and they looked at athletes of different types, and they, they saw that people that did a low or moderate volume plyometrics, and I think that was just like 75 ish touches. Um, if they if they did that um, once per week, they had much bigger improvements in their speed and explosiveness than the people that did high volume too. So yeah. a little bit goes a long ways, even for, for sure. And if they don't do it at all, you do yeah. something, it's probably going to improve their performance. Yeah. So just because I know everybody loves cookie cutter stuff, we've been going about twenty minutes or so. But uh, before we wrap up, it uh, you know somebody comes into me and I'm getting these end stages, uh, getting the good warm-up, dynamic warm-up, probably hopping on the bike, getting blood flow going, increased tissue temperature, going through a, a standard more dynamic warm-up, maybe some knee hugs, some lunges, some leg swings, you know, maybe some band walk stuff, just getting ready there. And then I'm going in, I'm probably you know going right into this. So I might do some some stuff for the calves. I might do some, some heel raises, some pogo jumps, some, some light things, and then maybe right into the ladder, progress again, not trying to fatigue them too much, mm-hmm. make sure everything feels good, then maybe implement wherever they are in this progression. So whatever sure. jumping or hopping progression, Progression, and then go load them up and do what else you're going to do. Go back in and then we're squatting, then we're deadlifting and we're doing that. And so, you know, you might be looking at that and be like, uh, you know, that might look very different than how your clinic operates. But to me, that's, that's what that session looks like for that person. Yep. And then by the end of it, they're, they're 
you know, pretty tired and, and should be sweaty and should feel like they got some, some work in because, you know, we structured it to where they, they got what they needed, where we were in the progression, but then I loaded them up because we're not going to stop building, you know, continuing to build strength as we go yep. there. That stuff just comes after. So their session is still probably going to have them squatting, deadlifting, single leg work, carries, whatever it might be. Yeah, another thing too they get is a ton of confidence as well. A ton, too. man. Yeah, you know when they walk out of here feeling like they just trained, right? Yeah. And, and it's it, it reminds them what they're capable of, and, and, and it's putting them back in their environment. Um, and then you know as soon as they show me competence, you know in it, then I might start trans you know transitioning some of that to them be able to do that with their teams, yep. right? Um, and then also it's this comes down to to really communicating well with their sport coaches mm-hmm. and their athletic trainers and whoever it is because uh, or their strength coaches at that maybe at their high school or whatever it might be because you don't want them going back to them and saying right. like um, oh I started jumping in clinic I'm good to right. go or whatever it might be mm-hmm. so it's it's making sure you're communicating with that coach and then transitioning some of that work over to their their uh, their strength coach yep. and have them progress them once you feel confident in, in their their ability absolutely and, and then just one thing to job is kind of off topic but um Jump training with older adults, right? This article, yeah, article oh, I send all yes. my students. It's a Moran at all article. It's uh, 2018. Um, talking about jump training for older adults. And basically, like they, they, they kind of give you the, the sets and rep schemes. So they want mm-hmm. you to do more than one exercise, more than two sets per exercise, more than three jumps per set, and 60 seconds of recovery between sets. And um, the upper limit of this is going to be three sets per exercise and 10 jumps per set. And they can do that up to three times a week. And that yeah. is so important to like, aging, aging adult. I mean, think think about it. They're just moving slow all the time. Even if they are doing a good job and getting strong, that's not necessarily going to help them whenever they trip and they have to make yeah. a quick reaction. Or whenever they got to hit that second gear when they're trying to get across the street and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So um, do this to older adults as well. Yeah. You talk about confidence building. Oh, for sure. Man. You, get, that, you get a yeah. 70-year-old lady jumping on a box, dude. They, yeah. they celebrate. Yeah, they even, if party. even if it's a 10-pound plate, yeah. it's a small, like, little small thing. I mean, those are those are huge wins, yeah. right? Huge I haven't left the ground in 30 years, like I've heard say there. Dude, yeah. seriously. And it goes yeah. back to in, in that population. We already have talked about and we see this huge push for more power mm-hmm. training, right? And, you, you know, trying to actually have them you didn't move fast. So it's not just mm-hmm. five times sit to stand isn't the only thing. It's like calculating even power right. using, using that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same kind of idea with, with jump training that population. You know, just... Because somebody's a little older doesn't mean they're not going to benefit from right. it. You know, treat you know, treat the the person in front of you and what what you think their needs are, and, yep. and don't be afraid to push your old people. Yeah, <laughs> some some of them look at you like you're crazy first time yeah. you mention it, but once yeah. they actually do it, they love it. Yeah, yeah. and then just explain why. Be like yeah. this: this is how we're going to keep you strong and able to move and able to function for a long period of time. Yep. And if you you're just explain explain what you're doing, yep. we're able to you know if we're able to do this, you're going to be able to handle anything that you need mm-hmm. to handle during the day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but I think yeah. there's pro- hopefully that answered Tom's question. Yes. Um, thank you again, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. We love listener questions. So if you have one, shoot it to us. Yep. But I guess that's it. So any other questions, you know, if you want to jump on that Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash better, faster cases, uh, two episodes a week, one from Josh, one from me and sneak peek fitness physio 2021. Yeah, up. yeah, baby. <laughs> this is better, faster podcast. We're out. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.